Should we go electric? I think we should go electrified with Toyota. Electrified? Electrified means options. So electrified looks different for everyone. Yup, and with more options for reducing carbon emissions, Toyota is electrified diversified. Learn more about our Beyond Zero vision for the future at toyota.com slash beyond zero. Hey, Catherine. Happy Thursday. Happy Thursday. Guess what the president just said? I don't know. What? He said that he is going to, um, that he's been in talks with Carnival Cruise Lines about using the cruise ships to uh, help isolate people. Wait a second. Oh, sorry. (laughs) It seems like, sorry, I heard a noise. Someone in the apartment next to me is apparently drilling into the wall. Hmm. And I thought, just because I guess I'm so on alert, I thought it was a bomb or something. Oh. (sighs) It's kind of scary, yeah. I was just like, ah, ah. Yeah. Just someone drilling into the wall. So not a bomb, just a home improvement project. Okay, sorry. Uh, you were saying about the cruise ships. Yeah, I forget. Have we talked about this? Yesterday you told me that there were ships. There was a, like, naval ship coming in to yeah. New York, and you were relieved about that. But this seems like a new, uh, a new watercraft piece of news. Yeah, there are developments on the ship front. So my one of my main concerns for, for a while has been that when people get sick, you know, healthy people who likely will not need hospitalization, but may, um, yep. are, when they get sick, they will, in, in most cases, they're advised to stay home. And that means going home and infecting whoever you live with, roommates, parents, kids, spouses. Um, mm-hmm. And... That's you said bad. that family transmission is yeah, that's one of the primary ways that it gets transmitted. Very bad. People need a place to go. In China, there were these hastily erected structures, one of which collapsed, which were basically like gyms that had sort of makeshift mattresses. So uh, my idea was we've gonna, we're going to have these empty cruise ships. Maybe they could be used as places you could go if you don't need yeah. to be in the hospital, but you can't go home because um, that could really stem transmission. And you could theoretically... If you've already, everyone there has already tested positive, actually socialize with some people so you wouldn't have to just be locked in one room by yourself for two weeks, which is itself stressful. And there could even be like minor medical supervision there where someone's there to, you know, if you acutely are like worried that you might need to go over to the hospital, someone can evaluate you and either reassure you or be like, yep, go go over now. Um, And so my idea was to use it for the cruise ships. And when I first tweeted this a while ago, people thought I was joking and I wasn't even sure if it was like professional to suggest at the time. And now the president today said that um, he was in talks with Carnival Cruise Lines about doing just that. Is what you're trying to say that this is your idea and the president is using your idea? Uh, it, um, I don't know that he's using my idea. I can't trace any causal link to it, but I thought of it and no one else... Uh, I, mean, I mean, I don't want to have to go to a cruise ship. Would you? I don't know what I want anymore. Okay. I mean, I just want this to be handled well. So, yeah, if I have to go to a cruise ship, sure. Well, would you go to a Fine. cruise ship just to be like, I'm just, okay, I'm sick now. At least there, there'll be some other people I could chat with if I want to. Um, And there'll be a, a, you know, medical provider of some sort who, if I wake up in the middle of the night and I'm short of breath and I don't know if I should go to the hospital... Uh, could yeah you know i mean that seems totally fine y- yeah that seems doesn't fine. That seem kind of necessary because yeah no otherwise... jim it's a great idea okay it's a great okay. idea no, I, 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 because it sounds crazy <laughs> if you don't actually think you know it sounds just no no i mean i'm harsh. i'm living in your world now 
I'm in, I'm in your brain space. I think it's a great idea. Okay. And then the Senate, the Senate is working on some stuff or did they passed? Um, the president signed a bill that would allow for some paid sick leave. Okay. Um, and free testing, which is a start. It's not still not widely available, easy to access, uh-huh. but th- they're talking about, um, and the Senate is discussing much, much bigger uh, proposals that would involve cash transfers and we'll see where that comes out but it's a it's a unique moment of bipartisan support real uh social safety net type stuff that would be called socialism under any other moment right got it okay so there's one more news alert i i just got a news alert that this is from the new york times the u.s plans to tell citizens abroad to come home or stay there which seems to indicate they're going to close the borders which they've already been doing in europe already and elsewhere in the world uh let's see the state department is expected to advise americans to refrain from traveling abroad this was this would have been unthinkable a few like a week ago that just happened oh my gosh and death tolls in in italy are 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 up they're now more than china what is happening in europe the fascinating thing about Europe, and obviously numbers are imperfect because testing has been slow in a lot of places, but um, Italy's being hit extremely hard and has this really high case fatality rate of uh, above 7% at last I saw. So that is of people who test positive, more than 7% are dying. 7%. Uh, right. Which which is terrifying until you look at other countries like Germany, which has had a case fatality rate of less than 1%, which just seems impossible that it could be so different. And part of... Yeah, what does that mean? Yeah, that's what people are trying to understand right now. Um, and Italy was behind the ball on testing, but also late to social distancing and shutdowns. Right. And also has had surges on their hospitals. So, you know, if you can't treat everybody... Uh, in an ideal way, medical way, then yeah, you're going to have a higher case fatality rate. So there's all those factors, but the rate obviously changes depending on how overloaded the healthcare system is at any given time. Right, right. Okay, so today we've been pretty focused for the last week on what's happening in the U.S. And I, I mean, I, I'm very curious to get a sense of what's going on in the rest of the world because we keep hearing these things about, you know, the rest of the world kind of being a preview of where we're headed. And at the very least, we need to learn from from the strategies they're employing. There's some lessons. So today we're thinking we'll talk about Europe, right? Um, yeah, well, I don't mean to frame things like the U.S. is like too U.S.-centric. We're just, this is our experience right now and we literally cannot leave. So here we are. Yep. So the plan for today is uh, we're going to first talk to... Our boss, Jeff Goldberg, the editor-in-chief of The Atlantic. Season journalist. So. He's reported from all over and was just in London. Yeah. He was he was in London at a time when it was responsible to travel. Yeah. And uh, we're going to talk to him about how things are going there and what our correspondents who are in Europe are doing. So we're going to bring in uh, Ann Applebaum, too, who is in Poland right now. I would just, like, I could just let them talk to each other because they both know so much more than I do about yeah. global geopolitical forces. Yes. Not my area of expertise. Not your area. What's your area? 
podcasts. Huh. Okay. Uh, let's get Jeff. Hello. Hey, oh, Jeff. Hi, Jim. Oh, hey, there you are. There we are. Um, where are you, Catherine? I'm at home. I'm, I'm distancing. Um, so Jim and I have been talking, we just saw that the news alert that, uh, the state department is going to, uh, ask citizens to return home or to, or to stay where they are. Right. Come home um, or stay out. Right. So can you explain what's going on? <laughs> yeah. I got to explain exactly <laughs> what's going on. Uh, it's very clear to everyone, isn't it? Uh, mm-hmm. I, you, you know, uh, it strikes me that there are three kinds of countries right now. This is an oversimplification, obviously, but there are countries that uh, are somewhat to largely unaffected by this and are trying to keep it out. Um, there are countries that are severely effective and have figured out a way to bend the curve back in a, in a healthier direction. I'm thinking of South Korea uh, and the originating country, China, to some degree. And there's a third category, and unfortunately, the United States is in that category. Italy is in that category. UK is in that category. Iran is in this category, uh, where it doesn't feel like there's a handle on the situation, and that um, the, the all the curves, anything you want to measure, um, is looking pretty negative. In America, it's we're to the point of not even having enough masks for healthcare workers. So uh, I think internationally, that's the picture. I don't think the globe has experienced anything like this. Um, We're in the second or third week of the cataclysmic portion of this. Obviously, it was a cataclysm earlier in other countries. And so I want to be very hesitant to to say this is the most uh, stupendous, earth-shattering event in, in the history of the planet since World War II. It does, however, feel a little bit that way, yeah. I have to say. And it involves literally every human being. Unlike World War II, where there are portions of the world that were actually largely unaffected, this is potentially uh, this is potentially going to uh, have impact on on every living human being. Yeah, yeah. So, Jeff, you were in London recently, and we have staff in Europe. Uh, right. So, we wanted to bring in Anna Applebaum too, who's in Poland right now. Um, do you want to give a little intro tour? Ann Applebaum, Pulitzer Prize winner, uh, amazing writer, uh, was teaching in Bologna in Italy three or four weeks ago. I met her in London. I think it was just last week. It feels like a century ago. Anne is one of the great scholars of European history, especially the history of communism, and is now writing for us on issues of democracy, authoritarianism, globalization. Issues that have a lot to do with what we're talking about uh, incessantly uh, today, coronavirus and its global implications. All right, let's get her in here. I'm calling her. Hello. Anne? Yes, hello. Hi. Hi. How are you? Oh, I'm just fine. How are you? Uh, well, you know, we're all <clears throat> we're all hanging in. We saw each other in London last week. Since then, I think you've had quite an adventure. Yes. I mean, when I was cheerfully said, I'm just fine. How are you? That was meant to be a joke, actually, just so that you know. I mean, I am fine, but you know, we're fine. We're all fine. We're I'm all fine. fine. You know, it's all, all, it's all relative. No, no I, I was two weeks ago in Italy where I was there for the beginning of their realization that they were, they were about to be hit very hard. And I came back from Italy a few days earlier. I was there teaching for three weeks. Then I was in 
London during the week when they were they were realizing that they were about to be hit very hard and there was still this division between people who thought we shouldn't go out and people who thought we should and the the, the big game changer for for my family was that on Friday uh, my husband was in Poland and on Friday he was driving in the car and the Polish prime minister came on the radio and said as of 24 hours from now we're closing the border so he called me immediately and I said, right, that's it. Um, and I got a flight to London um, on Saturday morning. Uh, I went through a very, very eerie and empty Heathrow airport, except for the Warsaw flight, which was completely packed. Um, and then it, and, and it included an odd scene, which is that anybody who was checking into the flight who did not have a Polish passport was not being let on the plane because part of the new government order is that no non-Poles are allowed in the country. Um, and then when it turned out that what, that that actually that that rule applied only the following day. There were two people. I, they, I think they were Koreans who wanted to get on the plane, and I witnessed a conversation between the captain and them, who said, Are "You sure you want to get on this plane? Because we cannot guarantee that you will be able to get out of the country anytime soon." So it was a very um, a kind of 1939 sort of conversation. You know, last flight into the country uh, before the border shuts, um, and then we had a. Similar realization, one of our sons is at university in the U.S., and we realized that this was the last minute to get him home um, because Trump also announced the closing of shutting of flights to the U.K., so we got him on a flight in Berlin. He got off out of the airport, got on a train, took the train to the border, and walked across the border because there are no trains, no buses, no flights going to Poland. This was on Sunday, and my husband picked him up on the other side, and that's where we are now. You cannot Cross the Polish border right now in any vehicle. Right. Jim, from a medical perspective, um, is there a utility to border closings? Yeah, that's what I've been wondering. Um, I mean, there certainly is. It's a real strategic move in the early in an outbreak when, uh, and depending on the pathogen, a containable pathogen that you can just say, it's clearly isolated in this area. It's clearly not that transmissible. It's clear that everyone who gets it has these clear symptoms. We can identify, we have good tests. We're going to shut off this one place for a little while and um, that's going to help contain it. But then once it is already everywhere, I'm not so, I guess I, I don't quite understand border shutdowns but they're happening i mean well let me let me if you were if you were the leader of a country in europe that had a very very low rate of infection right now would you just shut it down sounds like you're saying yes (laughs) and i don't i don't don't know what country would choose you as its leader by the way but let's just imagine this is jim's dream this is jim's dream by the way The leader of a very small country. Yeah, the king of Belgium, <laughs> and uh, you, you, you have a low rate of, 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 of spread. It doesn't seem like the worst idea, does it? No, I mean, I think it's part of the whole just shelter-in-place mentality, but I, I don't um, – I don't know. It, it's, it's a, it seems like more of a political decision than, I, uh, than, than a medical one. Right. And give us a sense of what's going on in Poland right at this second. So here, you know, there's quite a severe quarantine. So all shops are shut, except for food shops and pharmacies. Um, all large gatherings are restricted already. In, in here, there the police, so I am technically under quarantine because I came from abroad. Um, and the police have called my house and said, we're just checking to make sure that you're there. 
Um, but no, the, but the mood here is pretty, is you know, we do have cases, they are moving fast. Um, but it may be that this early, sh- in other words, they, sh- they shut everything down here at a, possibly at an earlier stage than they did in Italy. There are about 200 cases here now. It doesn't feel out of it's, control. It's, it's hard to say, you know, it, it doesn't yet, but if there is even a slight uptick in numbers, which I'm afraid there will be next week, um, they will be very quickly overwhelmed. I mean, it right. will be, it'll, it'll be, they'll, they'll have a lot of trouble immediately. Right. What it, I'm wondering what it feels like to get a call that where someone's checking to see that you are indeed at, at your house. Does that fe- does that make you feel like there's a security system in place that's operating effectively or like you are deprived of basic freedoms? So I, I found it a little creepy, frankly. I mean, yeah. um, as I, I said, so. it, and, and it, but it was, you know, it, it is a reminder that in these times of, you know, in pandemic times, historically people have passed more power to governments mm-hmm. um, willingly as a, in exchange for safety. Right. And yeah. so I couldn't blame the local policeman who called up, you know, I wasn't angry, you know, but yeah, of course it's creepy. You know, do I want the Polish government to know where I am? No, you know? Yeah. So um, am I happy? That spectrum? No. Do you think we should be doing more of that in the U S or <laughs> like more monitoring and cracking down and legal, uh, invocations so, to get people to stay home or should it, it continue to be, you know, uh, we, we favor the individual rights here. And is that right? So, I mean, I, I do think it's inevitable. Um, and a lot of people, I think, are willing to accept that temporarily as long as it doesn't, you know, turn into something longer term. You know, I'm not sure that Americans would tolerate a police presence. Yeah. Um, but again, it also depends on how desperate people become. I mean, we've had we've had police enforced quarantines in the United States in the past. I mean, it's not it's you know, it's, we just don't remember it. Right. I mean, and I'm wondering what you think this does to that strain of American ideology that we, we refer to as libertarianism or extreme individualism or however you want to frame it. You know, this, the concept of the, the lone, lone man uh, who, who makes his own choices and lives free. Uh, it just strikes me in the last week that pandemics might cause even people who subscribe to these uh, ideologies to sort of question, okay, I'd like to be as free as I can, but I don't want my freedom to actually physically hurt my neighbor. And I, I'm just wondering if you've been thinking about where, what the future of conservatism looks like and libertarianism looks like at all. Oh, I think this is a big blow for libertarians. It's a, it's a big setback for the idea that we can all do whatever we want to do and, um, and everybody will be fine. Because I said, most people when it right now, it's going to turn out that they are willing to trade some liberty for the, 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 the chance of not getting sick. That's probably true. And we'll, um, we'll check in with you soon. Our, our temporary Polish correspondent, you know, I'm all by myself in quarantine here. So <laughs> wait, where's, uh, you know, the, um, where's Roddick? Oh no, Roddick is here. Me and Roddick are here, and actually, my son is. <laughs> that that's 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 called a veteran marriage. I'm all alone here with my <laughs> husband. Uh, that's what my wife said. I said I'm completely isolated. She says to me as we're sitting in the same room. <laughs> okay. All right, say hi to Roddick. Okay. Right, bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Jeff, I'm I'm curious what 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 would require for Americans to tolerate uh, legal, widespread legal quarantines. You know, arrests if you leave your home. Fear of death. 
Fear of death will get us to do almost anything, <laughs> don't you think? I, I mean, know. you know, I mean, this is where the period, this is where this period is 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 interesting and somewhat analogous to the post nine eleven period, right? We agreed to we agreed to a level of intrusion, a governmental intrusion in our lives uh, that before nine eleven we wouldn't have agreed to because we were scared. But if you had told somebody in the year two thousand that by two thousand and five the government is going to give you a full naked body scan, essentially, in an airport. Yeah. Y- you would have thought, uh, well, that's crazy. We'll never go for that. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is much worse in the sense that what you tell yourself in times of terrorism is chances are it's not going to hurt me. Coronavirus, it's everywhere. It's invisible. It's a different thing. I think the American tolerance for suppression or surveillance, or checkpoints, or whatever, however you want to frame it. I think the uh, American tolerance for that will be much higher. If medical authorities attached to the government believe that we will be able to save lives by essentially forcing people off the roads, out of parks, into their homes for an indeterminate period of time, I don't know. What, who am I to argue with, 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 with them? I don't have the medical knowledge. They have to have credibility. And yeah. one of the unfortunate problems we have today is a president who doesn't have credibility for he's, – he's earned his lack of credibility by telling lies uh, about manifold different things and by mishandling the early and intermediate stages of the coronavirus uh, crisis. But uh, nevertheless, if Anthony Fauci – told me if my as my imagine if you're lucky to have james hamblin as your own doctor and james hamblin said i am using jim as my personal, personal doctor right yeah, now which well, is probably illegal uh, yeah but. yeah it's it's double dipping i think because yeah <laughs> but um if you go out of your house you might get really sick or die or infect a loved one what am i gonna do to me it's just it's it's fascinating when 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 american ideologies run into realities that don't uh, arrange themselves in a neat way for those ideologies. Right. That's where we're at right now. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I you know what I feel actually at the moment I feel like we as a species have been skating by and yeah. and not having this happen all the time mm-hmm. is sort of a miracle too. Uh and 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 I want to be very careful the way I say this but because people are dying, and so that's terrible, but there's no acceptable number of people to lose. But if this becomes an opportunity for the survivors, which would be most of humanity, to actually get it right and build systems for the next time so that even fewer people die, or many fewer people die than are dying right now, uh, it's almost like a warning from... It's almost like a warning from the planet. A warning from the planet. Okay. Um, thanks, Jeff. We'll we'll talk to you again soon. Thanks, Jeff. Thank All right. You. All right. I'll talk to you later. Okay. Bye. You later. Bye. Right. A, a reassuring thing. Mm-hmm. So yeah, there are these huge, seemingly unchangeable global political systems that are shaping all of this. Mm-hmm. But it also comes down to every single daily decision and habit and personal habit that you can do. That if you stay home and you practice good hygiene and you practice social distancing, you can feel extremely empowered. 
I mean, that genuinely is inspiring to me. I, I think when you, if, if we were at war with China right now and they were saying a nuclear bomb could drop at any point, you know, I would just be like, what am I going to do? Go in a basement? I don't. <laughs> yeah. I, right. There's nothing. I would just be like, go. I wouldn't know how to live. And here you you there's a lot of uncertainty, but there are also some really clear guidelines that that you can do and make sure you're doing it. Are extremely important for everyone to do. I mean, it helps. It helps me. Yeah. Um, yeah. 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 Something about the uh, wisdom to uh, you know accepting what you can accept and changing what you can change and then not changing what you don't know you can't change and then the wisdom to know the difference what do they say in cheer we can we will we must we can we will we must yeah oh man cheer was a really good show it would be to be at that cheerleading competition in the age of the virus no we're just going to get through this period right because we can we will and we have no other choice. We can, we will, we must. Uh, I think uh, I want to not talk to you anymore right now. Ugh, you. <laughs> but, although I've enjoyed it. Yeah, 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 no. Okay. Uh, okay, talk to you later, Jim. Bye. So, should we go electric? I think we should go electrified with Toyota. Electrified? Electrified means options. Yes, we could go all electric with a Toyota BZ4X, but then there are hybrids like Grand Highlander, or we could do something in between like a RAV4 plug-in hybrid. So Toyota is electrified diversified? Yup, and with more options for reducing carbon emissions, the closer we all get to Toyota's beyond zero vision for the future. Exactly how much coffee have you had this morning? Learn more about our beyond zero vision for the future at toyota.com slash beyond zero.